Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. I thought y'all going to be more tired this morning. You got good sleep? I, I did hear that there was a group that only got 20 minutes of sleep the night before. How's that group doing? Y'all don't want to say who you are? Okay. Um, good morning again. It's been really good being with you this weekend. Um, it's been a delight, and I mean that truly. And those who have gotten to know, meet, get your name, shake your hand. Um, from the students to the leaders to dodgeball was so intense last night. The group that won, all right, my son and I went to the dodgeball last night, and he wanted to play. And teams went out, and I was going to say, hey, son, go play with that team. But then I looked across, and it looked like a whole basketball team was putting their hand against the wall. That was that group that won. I saw y'all last night, and I said, son, let's wait for the next match. They look kind of intense, but y'all were intense last night. Y'all competitive. It's been a good, um, good weekend. I want to start with doing something. Uh, so I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate having some time with you this weekend. But there have been people here who have spent a lot of time with you before this weekend. They spent a lot of time with you this weekend. Y'all kept them up, right? And they're going to be back home safely. And then after that, they're going to be with you week after week. And not only for the good moments, but also for the hard. And I just want to pause and give you as students an opportunity to acknowledge the leaders that have invested in your life. Because here's something that happens when you invest in somebody's life. Sometimes we forget to just simply say thank you. So I'm going to give you two notes, okay? Two, Two points. One for you to do later. If a leader here has been impactful in your life, Here's a hack. Write them a note. Text, handwritten note, just something let them know how much their investment has been to you. It happens very rarely, but if we know that their investment in your life has been important. So if you have the time when you leave here, a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, just let them know how God has used them in your life. But for right now, what I'd love for you to do, and count to three, I'd love for you to look at your leader, find them, and I want you to just yell. I don't want you to clap. I don't want you to embarrass them with how much you love and appreciate. Well, I don't want you to have that. Keep going, keep going, keep So that also means that on the ride home, y'all not going to give them any trouble, right? Oh, you will. Let them know how much you love and appreciate them right now. So for our last time together this morning, I want to pick up where we left off last night in the moment in Jesus' life when he's with the woman at the well. There's some details I didn't tell you about where Jesus was. And my hope and encouragement is after a weekend like this to just give you a way forward to continue to live in this full life that Christ has given you. I don't know about you, but I used to be a youth pastor, so I used to lead youth retreat weekends. And we have amazing moments where God will work in so powerful ways, and we sing these amazing songs. And maybe you haven't done this, is what I used to do. I'd be like, man, I want to feel that feeling again. I'm going to play that song. And I play the same songs, like, I'm not saying that same feeling. I remember I used to, it took me years to realize, instead of trying to relive this weekend, how do I learn to have God give me life in the present moment wherever I am? 
That's my hope today. Is as we leave here with great excitement that you can not only have to revisit this weekend, but that you can find life in Christ in the day-to-day and the week-to-week. And as we look at the scripture, and Jesus might just want to dwell, what I did not tell you is that Jesus was tired. And Jesus was hungry. And because he was hungry, he sent the disciples. They went away to go get him some food, which is why he was alone when the woman at the well came. And evidently, he was also thirsty because he asked the woman, can you get me some water? So I didn't give you those details, but Jesus, even in his ministry, in his life, living in flesh, was tired, hungry, and thirsty. After this encounter with the woman, his disciples came back with the food that they went to get for Jesus. And they came back. Jesus wasn't eating. I'm going to read from John chapter 4, verses 31 to 34. So his disciples come back. It says, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, did someone have brought him food? Because when we left here, he was hungry. We come back. And he said he's eating food already. Verse 34 is what I wanted to hear this morning. My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. To sustain life, you have to develop an appetite of what it means to be filled with the love and the life of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, my food was to be filled, was to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. I want to encourage you in this. Whatever gift, whatever calling God has in your life, May you go and live in it day by day. And that gift might be ministry. As a pastor, many people come to me like, you know what? I think I'm going to quit my job and just do ministry. Sometimes I'm like, that's good. And sometimes I look and say, did God call you to that? Because many times we don't realize that God has desired our entire lives. And any skill set that God has given you, when we give our entire life to it, is an act of worship. I have a good friend who's been a doctor for over 30 years. And he sometimes wrestles with, should I go into ministry, should I be a doctor? Now we'll talk there, we'll pray through it. But my mom got sick one day, and she spent extensive time in the hospital. And it happened to be at the hospital where my friend was a doctor. And guess who came and visited and prayed with my mom? My friend. And I just kept thinking, if you weren't here, you could have blessed my mom with your presence. So whether it's our violin players, whether God's giving you good, skillful hands to heal people, whether God's giving you the skillful hands to build something and the scriptures building people built a wall. Whatever God has given you to do to fulfill his will, my hope and prayer for everyone in this room that we, you would use it to the glory and the worship of God. I don't want you to minimize the skill that God's given you. Somebody told me they love doing music. And if God's given you a voice to sing, then may you sing as an act of worship. If God's given you the ability to write or to draw or to create, may you do so with the hands of knowing that God has given you this, and this is my act of worship. I used to struggle with this when I was great, I was teenagers, because I, I played sports. And I was going in my faith a lot. And I told you I preached at a young age, and I used to wrestle with, can I play sports? and love God fully with all my heart. And I struggled with that. And I remember at some point I began to realize, like, well, if God gave me the ability to run around the field really fast in the football field, then, then how can I use that to glorify him? I get to college, and I'm playing football, and I'm leading Bible studies, and I'm having a great time building faith in my friends and in my teammates and also on the field. And now ministry and life are all combined together for me. It was a moment. Actually, my last collegiate football game, we were in Texas. We're playing this team that wasn't that good. So it was a great way to end your career. And so I'm playing this guy, 
And I used to play very physical, the physical football player, and I was hitting this guy all game. That's just what I did. And he didn't like it. So one play, he puts me in a headlock. On the field. Y'all know it's illegal, right? Puts me in a headlock. Takes my head, throws me on the ground, snatches off my helmet, and throws it 20 yards down the field. True story. Now, one of the things I didn't tell you about myself is I grew up in a softball more pretty rough neighborhood. When somebody does that to you, that's a fighting term, right? So this guy didn't do this. Oh, no, he didn't, right? So now I get up, I'm like, he even threw my helmet down the field. No, right? And immediately, though, the Spirit of God reminded me, hey, George, you believe Bible study for three years to your teammates. When they come out to pray, they rely on you. When your teammates have a hard moment, they come to you for counsel, for wisdom, for prayer, for scriptures, for discipleship. And this is your last game. And so if you go out there and retaliate against this moment, this is the last memory that I have of you after all you've done. So I walked 20 yards down the field, picked up my helmet, and I was angry. So I yelled, ah, I to get up. And I walked to the side of the field. Years later, a teammate of mine who had grown up Muslim, he had called me to be the best man at his wedding. He lived in North Carolina. He called me to be the best man. So I've got to be the best man at this wedding. You know, feel on it, very on it. And while I'm here, he comes and pulls me aside. And he, they used to call me Jihad. He said, Jihad, I don't know if you know this, but I, the moment I knew that Jesus was real was the moment when that guy threw you on the ground, snatched off your helmet, and threw it down the field. I said, What? Really? He said, Yeah. He said, Because the whole team respected you. We were all on the sideline waiting for you to throw one punch, and we were all going to charge the field because of our respect for you. <laughs> really? He said, yeah. He said, but then you walked away. And you picked up your helmet. And you walked to the sideline. And we were all in shock. He said, that's when I knew that there was something more in you than just being a human being. There was something bigger happening in your life. And I looked at him and I said, it wasn't all my good Bible studies? He was like, yeah, those were good too. But it was that moment where I realized that. Why am I saying that? We have no idea what moment God will use. In my mind, it was how good my Bible studies were, which I am convinced they were good, right? But in this moment, he's telling me, I appreciate all of that, but the moment for me, growing up in a place with a different faith background, the moment to me when it all made sense, when I saw it with my eyes, and I knew that something about life was more, was when you had every reason to retaliate, and everybody was there to support you and you did retaliate, and you did. I don't know how God's going to use the lives in this room in the moments that you don't expect at all. That maybe you have these places where you're like, this is where life happens with Christ, and that is true, and that's good. It's in your quiet time, it's in your Bible studies, it's in worship, it's a time together, and it is in the moments that you often think God would not use. May every part of your life be used to the glory of God. I'm going to end with this idea, this last idea, this last thought. I told you I don't talk that long. I told you, did I hold you Yes. Here's the last thought. There were some birthdays in here, right? Uh, Sophia and Emma, where are you again? Just stand up. Sophia, Emma, where's the... There we go. Happy birthday again. Give them another round of applause. Happy birthday. You can have a seat. Thank you. I do want to ask you, I can't remember who's Sophia. Which one's Sophia? Over here. Okay, my daughter's name is Sophia, too. I'm coming to you, too, and I'm not neglecting you because your name's not Sophia. Uh, Sophia, I'm going to ask you a question. What's your favorite dessert? Uh, I'll probably 
like, oh, that's good. A warm brownie with ice cream on top. Yeah. And they had brownies at dinner last night. Those brownies were good. And Emma, what's your favorite dessert? Ice cream. A certain kind of ice cream? I'm going to choose, you ever had Haagen-Dazs caramel cone ice cream? You should try that on that. But Emma loves ice cream. Anybody else? What's a favorite dessert? I'm not going to leave it here. I'm going to go home and I'm going to end my night with some kind of dessert tonight. You've got to hear me out on this one, but oatmeal. Oh, 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 if you take it you to hear me out. Ellie, I'm kind of trying to hear you out. All right. We're not going to be judged. Oatmeal. Okay. Burger cookies. Burger cookies. Yes. Apple pie with oatmeal. Cream puffs. Cream puffs. Apple pie, but you eat ice cream on top of that. What kind of ice cream? Vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream. Apple pie warmed up too, right? Yes, apple pie is vanilla ice cream. I love, y'all make me hungry. Chocolate. Mousse. Oh, we're getting fancy here. Mint chip ice cream. Mint chip ice cream. I've heard oatmeal raisin cookies. Oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see a hand right here, right? Yes. Say it louder. Cannolis. Cannolis. In the back. Yes. Uh, New York Churros or Terry Stews? Ow, Terry Stews. I'm going to get some hands over here real quick. <laughs> Cookies and cream. Cheesecake. Cheesecake. Any, any kind of cheesecake. Chocolate. All right, I could ask a lot more questions, but here's what I want you to think about out of all these good desserts. I think I've gained calories just listening to all your desserts. If I gave each of you, if I gave each of you your favorite dessert, how quickly would you eat it? 30 seconds? Two, two seconds? Is boom, right there. And here's the difference. If we were to celebrate Emma and Sophia this morning, and we brought in a big birthday cake, typically what we do is what we did this morning, we sing happy birthday to the person, right? And then when you look at the cake, what are your expectations when that cake comes into the room? Who's going to eat it? Everybody's going to eat it. We don't think the birthday cake is just for the birthday person. When we get our own dessert, like this dessert is for me. But when it's your birthday, and the cake comes in the room, everybody's expectation is that birthday cake is for us. When you think of the goodness of God, taste and see that the Lord is good. That anything good the Lord has given to you is not just for you. Treat the good news of Jesus like birthday cake. Whatever God has given you that you've tasted this weekend, that is so good it was not just for you. It was for all of us. Any gift, any insight, any wisdom, any life, any love, any passion that you've been given this weekend, God has given you like birthday cake because it's meant for those around you. So my friends, please share what you have enjoyed this weekend because the life that God has given to you is meant for those around you. When you leave here, always know that anything Jesus gives to me is like birthday cake. It's not for me. It is for us. And it glorifies God when we share with others what he has first also given to us. And you know, go ahead. Y'all can clap for that. That's good.
it's not only what I receive. When I look in this room and think of all that you will all receive, if I get to benefit from that, ooh, that is good. And I get to then share with you. We all get to share. When you go back home, you get to do the same thing that what God has given to all of us is for us. And that, that glorifies God. And we continue to share the life and the love that he's given to us to the glory of his name. I get the great privilege of praying for you one more time. Can we pray? Well, thank you for this weekend. Thank you for the understanding of birthday cake that can give us a deeper understanding of your gifts to us, of the life that you've bestowed upon us. We place our faith in you, and you have spoken those words. You have breathed that breath into us that has given us life. Thank you that this is end with us, that you've given us this life, that we would then extend the opportunity to others to receive and experience that same life in you. Lord Jesus, thank you for this moment in your life that even when you were tired and when you were hungry, that when you spoke life into this woman, you were fulfilled. I pray for that same work in our lives that as we pour out, we only become more alive in you. May our families, the places of our education, our schools, our homes, our neighborhoods, our churches, as we return to those places, may we learn how to bring life to every place we go. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have breathed not just weak breaths into our lungs this weekend, but you have breathed mightily into our lives that it will spring up like a well of living water into all those around us. Use every part of our life. Use our Sunday mornings and our Sunday nights. Use our Mondays through Fridays and Saturdays, Lord, to the glory of your name. Not only are Sundays yours, not only is this weekend yours, our entire lives are yours, God, to be used to display the love and the life we have in Christ. Thank you that you have seen us, you've pursued us, you have captured us. And the one who's begun this good work in us, Lord Jesus, you are faithful to bring it to completion. So hold us, keep us, sustain us in the moments where we have plenty, in the moments when we feel like we are lacking, and we find our strength in you. Lord Jesus, we ask all of these things in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.